0: Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps. I thank each and every one of you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. So, again, you can tell my voice is a bit subdued and maybe I'm sitting a little closer to the mic than normal for, you know, similar reasons as to last time we had a night game. My wife is trying to sleep, and the show needs to get done. The show needs to move on, at least segment number one in this case. Got to kind of work around busy schedules and all that, and late nights and early mornings. And, uh, it's, a li- it's, it's, it's a life. It, it is what it is. It's something of a life anyway. Uh, something the Minnesota Vikings fans are probably wishing they could uh, enjoy a little bit more. Something called a life. Uh, Minnesota Vikings played the Chicago Bears in Monday Night Football, and... Find a way to lose 12-10. to Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, are you kidding me? It's like, what? Come on! Oh, how I wish I was kidding you. Oh, how I wish I was. How I wish that uh, Kevin O'Connell would utilize uh, Josh Dobbs' strengths rather than try to force him to do something he's not. Um, Force him into something he's not. Square peg through a round hole. Um, How I wish there weren't four turnovers. How I wish this team could learn to hang on to the football how I wish, well, as great as the defense was, how how I wish they would be clutch at the end. But it's like, no matter how great the defense is, they found a way to kind of fall apart at the end, unfortunately. But, but were they tired? I'm sure. But at least they kept the Bears to 12 points. That's a, a thing. I mean, that counts for something that they kept the Bears to only 12 points. The fact that this bleeping, bleepity bleep offense with our bleeping specialist genius of a coach who's the greatest offensive coordinator ever and greatest offensive coach ever, managed 10 points against the Bears. I don't know. Um, The defense is getting better, and they forced four turnovers against the Lions last week. The Lions rallied and beat the Bears. The Vikings kind of rallied, almost beat the Bears, but fell apart when it mattered. And Josh Dobbs is freaking horrible. Freaking horrible. Uh, the title of this episode is Scrubbed. Like what happens when a rocket or a space shuttle is ready to... You know, you have something ready to go. You have a plan to go, you know, to launch. And then it's canceled. Scrubbed. That's what it's called. Scrubbed. So that's what Josh Dobbs' uh, rocket is. Scrubbed. At least for now. We'll see if he ends up not being the starter next week. I I don't know. Um, Unfortunately. So it sounds like that... uh, Justin Jefferson will be activated by Wednesday, so that's good. Justin Jefferson will be back. Of course, he did not play, but he's finally going to play again, regardless if you're pissed off about him being on your fantasy team or not. I don't know. I haven't played fantasy football in almost a decade, or actually it's been a decade by now, right? It's 2013, or 24, 2023 already. So yeah, it's been over a decade. I just don't play fantasy football. There's too many bounces of the ball and too much frustration. So I play the other sports instead. It's it's somewhat more fair, I guess. At the end of the day, uh, coaches' decisions to not hand the ball off to the the running back at the goal line, you know that stuff can cost you a championship, and it happened to me more than once. I was yeah, absolutely depressed, and it ruined my Christmas. Damn it! So <laughs> stuff like that, it literally did. Like Christmas Eve was a championship day a couple of times, and it's just heartbreaking to lose by like the a narrow margin like that. Let's get back to where we need to be. Josh Dobbs, four interceptions, some reckless, some terrible passes, but the coaching scheme was freaking horrible. Mister, uh, Mister, let's let's hear what um, the Twins manager Rocco Baldelli has to say about the uh, the game plan by uh, Kevin O'Connell. It's fucking awful, awful, awful in every possible way. Sounds about right. Thank you. Um, yeah, so a little bit of cross, uh, you know, coaching or a little bit of, little bit of a cross sport uh, commentary from another manager in town, uh, Dean Evison who was unfortunately fired today, Minnesota Wild coach. Anything you want to say? We were awful, like awful. Uh, but again, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. And we said it again. Like they've flipping sucked. Like. And again, now former Minnesota Wild coach, unfortunately, but at least he did have some thoughts on the game because he saw it and he wanted to tell me a, a little something. Uh, yeah, because he'd still like to see the Vikings win at least for a couple minutes. just Or maybe that was just his overall thoughts on the Vikings game plan. So, yes, so we got to hear from at least two Minnesota coaches. Chris Finch doesn't have anything bad to say, at least as of right now. He's too busy with a team that's actually winning for once. 12-4 and 4, Minnesota Timberwolves. So, yeah, some shameless plugs here. Timberwolves explosion for the Timberwolves. Check that out. Brave the Wild for the Minnesota Wild. Check that out. Uh, John Hines will be your new head coach of the Minnesota Wild, apparently. Former Nashville Predators and New Jersey Devils head coach who also has never won a playoff round in the NHL, but has won in the AHL. That's something Dean Evison didn't do in either level. Okay, wrong sport. Wrong sport, but that's about how much I feel about this freaking game. I mean, that's how... I have just some some wonderful feelings about this game um out center madison didn't fumble and he average 5.2 yards of carry that might be Fran tarkington territory at least on the offensive side an offensive player getting it this this week nope no chance no offensive players winning any gosh darn tarkington award no shut up and go away okay hawkinson yeah okay five ca- five catches 50 yards and he did get the, the go-ahead touchdown go ahead. Not the winning touchdown. It could have been, but it wasn't because the defense unfortunately died later on. Um, the Walter Payton award is definitely going to go to DJ Moore. It's, it's got to be. Though I suppose the Bears defense is pretty good as well. And when the an offense suck this freaking hard, any defense is going to look like the 85 Bears. Did we play the 85 Bears today? I don't think so. Either that or... like I kept thinking when I was watching it, like either Josh Dobbs is secretly hurt a little bit and... They don't want to have him run, or the Chicago Bears defense is like 85 Bears quality, or the court, or the game plan just freaking sucks. Um, I think the game plan just frickin' sucks. Uh, Montez Sweat recently acquired from the Washington Commanders sack and a half. Nice. He's part of the future of the Bears, and it's the defense is better, especially when you make a move like that, getting a big name like Montez Sweat. Ivan Pace Jr. was pretty good. Uh, led the team in tackles and including a sack, a full sack. Um, Daniel Hunter had three quarterback hits 1.5 sacks awesome two tackles per loss yeah and uh, also a strip sack that he shared with Josh Metellus but, if, uh, but he officially had the first fumble credit Daniel Hunter was freaking good I mean he was awesome let's be honest uh, Sheldon Day also very good game as well uh, he recovered the fumble and it did have a tackle for loss a TFL as they like to say um, yeah uh, and uh, Overall, it's like I don't know, twelve to ten to the Bears in U.S. Bank Stadium. I mean, what more is there to say? This is flipping awful. Um, Murphy Jr. looked like he had the Targinton wrapped up the way he was going. Multiple tackles for loss. He had some big games, or he it was easily his best game for the Vikings. Or I guess they weren't tackles for loss, but they were big stops at the right time, right place. Either like no gain or very short gain. Huge stops. Yeah, uh, kind of anton winfield style and he had a huge pass deflection that forced a uh uh what, what do they call it they it forced a um you know where they ended up having to punt the ball basically <laughs> fourth down type of situation um but then got kind of burned later in the game unfortunately uh, Mackay blackman also again beat multiple times again so not as good as he was before unfortunately Um, I guess teams are figuring out Blackman a little bit. Six tackles. Remember how Blackman was getting like two or three tackles? He was just spectacular every game. Uh, And like three pass deflections. Now, unfortunately, that's going more in the directions of Jalen Johnson, who could have had a pick six in the game um, because of such horrific, horrific passing by Josh Dobbs. Again, but also put in a position to fail. Josh Dobbs is not a pocket passer. Josh Dobbs is not a pocket passer. We didn't utilize, we meaning the Vikings, of course, did not utilize Josh Dobbs's strength, which is, you know, mobility. He, he wasn't used mobil, uh, mobile at all. And if Josh Dobbs were, were to be hurt like somewhere like in his lower body, like a hockey, you know, they say hockey, lower body injury of some sorts. And you, and that was what you were avoiding rather than maybe trying to force a game plan down a player's throat, a la Brad bleeping Childress and other coaches like, um, what, what's that guy's name? They just talked about him tonight. Doggone it, the former uh, uh, offensive coordinator under Leslie Frazier. God, that was terrible. He was the worst. Uh, ruined Joe Webb. And hope the Vikings might have had out of Joe Webb with some kind of like a spread offense. Instead, nope, we're going to play in the confines of the system. You know, like, boy, your system has worked so damn well. Well, for the running back of Adrian Peterson, but for quarterbacks, there wasn't a single quarterback that will in your bleeping system. So, Yeah. Bill Musgrave, of course. Yes, I was doing the podcast back then as well. Bill Musgrave, the guy who there was a joke going around that he got fired. You know, it's obviously not a true story. It's just a fun urban, you know, it's just a fun myth made up by fans and stuff and media members that Bill Musgrave was fired from Dairy Queen for making vanilla um, sprinkles for (laughs) for making uh, for Yeah, for having vanilla, putting vanilla sprinkles on a cone or a sundae because that's how vanilla his offense was. Um, yeah, just like, what are you doing? Like, at, at least utilize a guy's strength. And Kevin O'Connell did not utilize Josh Dobbs' strength. Again, unless he has some kind of lower body injury that we don't know about. Josh Dobbs was horse shit. Okay, I'm, I'm going to call this, I'm going to make this an expletive uh, episode. Obviously, there was an F-bomb at the beginning from the AVGN. You got F-bombs from, uh, um, uh, why am I, ble- why am I, ble- Flagging. i'm just losing it right now and i'm tired of course uh the twins manager rocco bell so i probably should put an e on this episode and it deserves to be there i probably should have put it in another episodes but there was like one swear word here and there so but this one it's just it's going to have more i'm going to try to stay off of it from my standard from my vantage point for the most part but mm, um because i don't want to turn this into one of those like curse every two words type of episodes that's kind of dumb But uh, Josh Dobbs is flipping awful. He sucked so hard. Uh, The passes were terrible. And the game plan was not set up for him to succeed at all. Uh, Sometimes there were just good plays by the Bears defense. Give them credit. But, I mean, I don't know. Josh Dobbs was not set up to succeed. That's the other thing. Just bottom line, he was not set up to succeed. But also still, maybe you'd hope that there's something there. Um, Yeah, what is that? obviously again like the 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 tipped some of the tipped interceptions were not completely his fault, others were just horrific and frightening, and like lucky bounces and such um that favored the bears, but still, it was still a horrible pass like that looked like like one like I'm seeing him right now in front of my eyes, like how do you miss how do you miss on some of these just awful like you threw uh uh Madison or addison the other the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yet had Kalen Addison for the Wild traded to the Sharks, so he got fired too, basically. Good riddance. Uh, he was disappointing. Kalen Addison, Jordan Addison, Alexander Madison. Ugh. Well, at least we got rid of one of them, but it's the wrong team. <laughs> and the coach, yes. Evison. this, a sin, and that a sin. It's just a sin watching a game like this. Ten bleeping points, 12 to 10 in U.S. Bank st- uh, Stadium. Ugh. You know what they should have done? I wish there was just a power outage and they canceled the game. That's how bad this was. 24 turnovers this season, by the way. Most in the NFL. That's flashing on the screen, so thank you, NFL Network. And it's true, but it's just nice to have it right in front of me there. Upcoming games against the Raiders, of course. That's at Las Vegas. Yeah, I don't know. At Cincinnati, that's actually a very winnable game now. But maybe Jake Browning will find a way to throw 300 yards against us. Or no, will just throw. A nine, we'll just fumble the ball like five times or something. Lions and Packers and Lions again to wrap up the season (sighs) well the Vikings yes and there is a bye week next week and boy do we need it boy do we need it boy do we need this bye week and I probably need it too but it would have been nice if it was slightly earlier in the year because now the lawn service is about to wrap up but um, it's finally wrapping up but would have been good if it was earlier to (laughs) and all that but oh well those, those Sundays were still fun to record and such just had to kind of work around things to be able to do it I to get caught up with the game, but enjoyed it. Obviously listened to the entire thing and then watched the game afterward as well. Um, and, yeah, it, it's fun. It's just, it's better to just kind of do it all in one shot, though. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Um, I don't know what to make of this, though. It's like the worst freaking game I've ever seen in my life. Anthony Barr did recover a fumble. Thank you very much. Anthony Barr does exist. And, I don't know. There was a question brought up in, uh, um... It's not fan line. That's a KFN. It's the other one. Um, vent line, that would be score north. The purple daily version. A fan. One of the fans brought up um, that if you if you had a gun to your head, you could only keep one of the two between Kevin O'Connell, head coach, offensive side, Brian Flores, head coach, defensive side, and you can't have the other. The other is just gone. Like they're gone. They're with another team or whatever. Who would you pick? Uh, the guy said Brian Flores. Like he said that. Like Score North didn't bring it up, you know. Like Mackie Judd and Declan didn't bring it up. It was the fan. Um, he, the fan. I forgot the guy's name, but and I apologize. But uh, just in case, by some miracle, he's listening to this podcast as well. Um, he said it should be Brian uh, Brian Flores. Uh, all the other hosts, though, like all the hosts, picked Kevin O'Connell. As good as Brian Flores is, you got to go with Kevin O'Connell. Blah 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 blah. I'm not completely sure. Not completely. There was a nice vibe with Kirk Cousins and such, and it was good and all that. But then you kind of, you know, and then it was amazing. Like, wow, look what he's able to do with Josh Dobbs and all that adjusting on the fly to this different quarterback who's got a completely different style of play. And then now you're trying to force him to play the Kirk Cousins game, him being Josh Dobbs. And what happens? He sucked. He absolutely sucked. That would be like me trying to do a TikTok dance. I'm not doing that bleep, Okay. Okay, since this has an expletive on it, I'm not doing that shit. I'm never going to do a TikTok dance. I'll never do it. You can't force me. You can fire me first. I'm not doing it. I will not. But that would be like doing that, though. Like, that's not my strength. I'm not dancing for anybody, and you can't pay me enough to do it. That's kind of almost what this was like in a way. Or, I don't know, something like that. Um, like, maybe I'm an athlete who's got quick feet, which I kind of did back in the day. You know, sometimes I occasionally do still have quick feet. But I'm not a dancer. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to do no um, karaoke either, especially some bullcrap modern song. Again, you couldn't pay me enough to do that. Maybe something from Hall & or something. Uh, maybe. Something from the 80s or, uh, you know, something from the 80s. I might go with that. Um, but a game like this, it's just, I don't know. This was slightly better than watching somebody on TikTok or Instagram, dance in front of the camera, no matter how cute she is, whoever she is, no matter how cute she is, it's still garbage. The music still sucks, and it's just somebody who's in love with themselves. So it's not entertaining. I'm sorry, when somebody's in love with themselves, they're not entertaining to watch. And a game like this, it's like you hate yourself. It's it's the other extreme. You absolutely hate yourself watching this. Uh, The team hates themselves by turning the ball over four times, the Bears hate themselves by, like, poor execution as well. I mean, they only managed 12 points in the game. You realize how awful the Bears are? They only managed 12 points in the game. And how good the Vikings defense was. At least they like their... They they, they love themselves a little bit. I don't even like to use that term at all. It's kind of creepy. But in love with themselves is another thing. That would be TikTok and uh, uh, Instagram people. Yeah, in love. Madly in love with themselves. Me, me, me. Um... I don't know, that's about how I feel about a game like this. It's freaking awful. I mean, the ball's bouncing in the air, it's going end over end. Like, what kind of pass is that? Like, that looked like me out there uh, in in like you know, in middle school, just hurling the ball around playing flag football. Like, was that a pass, or, were, or are you just fleeping around here? How is that a pass? Oh, boy, it's, it's sad. It was really hard to watch. It was one of the most irritating, ugly, pathetic games you ever saw in your life. Not quite as bad as the Spurgeon win one. And ironically, the Vikings defense played awesome in that game as well. We'd recently acquired Dale Carter, as good as he was. He was awesome, but he only stayed with us for just that you know, portion of a season and never came back. I forget where Dale Carter wound up after that, but man, he was good. That was about Jake Reed's older brother. Guy was an awesome player, but didn't stay, unfortunately. That was that 2001 awful Vikings team where, mercifully, we finally got rid of Dennis Green now, we didn't replace him with a great coach or anything, but at least there was somebody who was somewhat more likable who could smile once in a while instead of hate everybody outside of his, you know, demographic or whatever. Just, I don't know, I'm tired of people like Dennis Green and their angry attitude. <laughs> Just settle down, dude. But um, but that was then, of course. I'm moving on. I don't know why I'm getting into that. Um, angry attitudes suck. They do. And right now I have an angry attitude watching this game. That's probably right I'm talking really weird. Uh, it's also a late uh, late day. So, I don't know. It's also a very late, uh, you know, it's a late night segment number one recording here. Um, Brian Flores, you know, see, this is nothing to do with Dennis Green's demographic necessarily. i like, look at Brian Flores. Would I hire Brian Flores today as a head coach of the Minnesota Vikings? Yes. Yes. Without question, I would hire Brian Flores as head coach of the Minnesota Vikings today. I honestly might have more confidence in him as our head coach. As long as he hires a really good offensive coordinator that knows what he's doing and adjusts to the quarterback and such, yeah, I'd be willing to do that. Now, am I impressed with Kevin O'Connell to at least be a good offensive coach, m- except for today? <laughs> well, not he's had some other bad games. But he's also confident in you know realizing Ed, Ed Donatel was a mistake in hiring a guy like Brian Flores. Yeah, see, when you're able to hire someone on the other side of the ball, Uh, To be your, you know, to be the uh, coordinator on the other side of the ball that you're a specialist at, Um, that's a sign of a good coach. I think it's a sign of a good leader, more even more so than a good coach. So it can be a spectacular combination if you get it right, absolutely spectacular. And this could have been a magical season. It's just such a damn shame. It it could have been if only Kirk's, uh, you know, Achilles didn't pop, but unfortunately it did, and. That's just kind of the reality we're, we're stuck with. Uh, and again, I mean, when it looked like Kevin O'Connell was adjusting to Josh Dobbs' style, it looked like we had something something exciting. Like risky, but exciting. There, there's always the small chance. It's just maybe some miracle is going to happen of some kind. But I don't know. It seems like whenever we have a miracle, it's short-lived. It's like a week or two. It's never an actual run to the to the whole enchilada. Um it's just so sad. I, I just wish someday this team could finally completely get over the hump and finish it, finish things, end the drought. But I don't know. I don't know. Eagles fans got rewarded for being complete jackasses to us specifically. Um, their star quarterback got uh, you know was out for the season, and they had a good backup named Nick Foles, and you know they ended up with the miracle of all time. And look at Viking fans, nothing, you know. Still waiting. Can you know? Haven't been to the Super Bowl since 1976, or dare we say January 77? So, oh, there I go, kind of waxing nostalgic on things that are kind of sad and depressing. Um, the Fran Tarkington Award winner for this episode is Daniel Hunter with a bullet. It's it's Daniel Hunter, even though there's some other decent ones. Um, Pat Jones luckily didn't get a penalty that killed us. It was a uh, he ran into the kicker, but. It still didn't, uh, you know, it was just, you know, the, the end of the day, they ended up declining it because the Vikings ended up with poor field position anyway. It was like a great punt by the Bears' punter. So, oh, well, gosh darn. So at least the Vikings didn't give him a first down there. The um, Christian Ponder Memorial was our Christian Ponder quarterback and our Christian Ponder coach in today's game. They're going to share it. Number one, though, is, yeah, Daniel Hunter is getting the friend by himself. So he, he earned it. He was spectacular. Nine tackles, one and a half sacks, forced fumble, multiple quarterback hits. He was just bleeping great. Like he, he really was. Daniel Hunter was absolutely great. So he's the best player on the Vikings, period. He's the best player on the Vikings. Um, you could argue the other guy who might get it like, uh you know, like the coach would be Brian Flores. Like I was saying, he was the MVP of the Vikings earlier in the year, and he was. Um, still is, if you know what I mean. But, like, just, like, overall, those those two guys, Hunter and Flores, are the best. And then you get O'Connell and Dobbs on the other side. Completely the opposite. Just awful. Like, they cost us the game. Hunter and Flores would have won us the game. Dobbs and uh, O'Connell cost us the game. Absolutely did. Poor game plan. Um, pathetic execution. Uh, Addison, I thought, yeah, see, that is the one where it's was Cadre Ishmael style where he he should have caught that. Uh, it wasn't a great play, but it was still something that needs to be caught. Um, ball bounced up in the air and intercepted. It's just annoying to watch. It's flipping horrible. Blankety blank. I think you've heard enough F bombs from either me or any type of recorded uh, soundbite at this stage. So, with that, we'll take a quick break and then you get to hear the uh, second segment, which was recorded um, last night before the game. You know, and obviously to, uh, like, not the whole thing, of course, but the. Like NFL and NFC North review was recorded Sunday night because you figured, get kind of get that part of the show out of the way because that's not like nothing's going to change there. So those games were already over. Um, and yes, the Baltimore Ravens did win the football game (laughs) ultimately at the end of the day. No major surprise there. The Chargers suck, they dropped to four and seven, they're poorly coached, and they're not that good either, other than their quarterback and some receivers. Baltimore is the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, Philadelphia, what a shocker, is the number one seed in the NFC. Wouldn't be surprised if you have an East Coast uh, Super Bowl with Philadelphia and Baltimore in the Super Bowl. Wouldn't be surprised at all, and I think it'd be kind of fun. Um, it'd be like, go Ravens, but it wouldn't kill me to see the Eagles win either. It, it, it wouldn't, just because you know, I kind of, you know, you felt bad for them, hated the Chiefs so much, uh, how close the Eagles were to beating them. That would have been great. But um, at the end of the day, you know, there's that. So we're going to take a quick break. You're going to hear that second segment. And then the preview will be uh, more current, obviously, like after the Bears game, of course. So that's what's important. Are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two, going to look around the league and ultimately preview the Vikings and Las Vegas Raiders game coming up after the bye. So that's the other conversation there. That one will, of course, be a road game in Las Vegas. So the Vikings visit Las Vegas for the first time with the Las Vegas Raiders there. Of course, they <laughs> Oakland's going to ultimately lose another team to Las Vegas very soon. The Oakland Athletics, remember that team? Uh, many years ago, they were the Philadelphia A's, the Philadelphia Athletics, many, many years ago. So Philadelphia used to have two teams. Uh, Boston used to have two teams. You know, the Atlanta Braves? Yeah, the Boston Braves. So it's kind of weird and crazy. Uh, And Like I always joke about all the Oakland Raiders. Gosh, man, they left Oakland twice, once for Los Angeles, now for another loss in Las Vegas. We'll see if they'll win a Super Bowl in every single city they've been in. They've won in Oakland, and they've won in... Las Vegas, but unfortunately their second tenure in Oakland, they well, they made it to the Super Bowl once and got crushed by the Tampa Bay Bucks. So the Las Vegas Athletics or Las Vegas A's are coming up eventually. It's not gonna be like tomorrow or anything, but it's gonna be eventually. And the Vikings will be visiting there, so that's why it'll be with the second group because it's a West Coast game. It's only like one oh five there or actually more appropriately, yeah, yeah, it'd be one oh five PM. On the west coast, so that's why the Minnesota Vikings will be in the second group, unfortunately, for some of us, I suppose. But I guess they'd be doing that show in one quick shot rather than kind of splitting things up and all that. So, like, early or like right after the game for segment one, and so on and so forth, as I do, won't feel a whole lot different for you. Maybe, maybe like a feel, uh, feel a little slightly different as to what's going on in the background. At the time, I'm recording part of this segment, so it's going to be a weird show because it's a Monday night game, and you know, like. The lawn cleanups aren't completely done. They're almost done, that type of deal. So, at the time I'm recording this, it's Sunday evening, like the typical time I'd be recording segment number two with the Monday Night Football game Chargers and Ravens flashing on the screen. I'm pretty sure the Ravens are ultimately going to win the game, but it's only 3-0 at the moment. And, of course, so I will pause, though. I will pause before the... uh, um, the, uh, I will not record the actual preview part until after the Vikings and Bears game is completed because, well, it's a little bit easier to do a, it's a little bit better to do a preview when you know what took place. Like what if somebody gets hurt or what if the Vikings lose or whatever, or we win by 50, who knows? So it'll be a better conversation going into and a better vibe going into the Raiders game. Hopefully nobody's gotten hurt though. Uh, Unfortunately, you already know from hearing segment number one. So that type of deal. Um, because all these games are over now, like except for the Vegas. Uh, excuse me, the Ravens and Chargers. The Chargers are actually winning right now, which is kind of funny. So we'll start off with the Thanksgiving specials. Uh, well, I guess one of them will have to wait until the NFC North. I guess, but I guess it doesn't matter too much because the yeah, the Bears and all that. But uh, yeah, I guess I will do it. It's kind of a weird situation, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the Bears. The Bears are playing us. Duh. So yeah. Uh, Commanders, or excuse me, Cowboys comfortably went over the Washington Commanders 45-10. to 10. I kind of had a feeling it was going to be something along those l- lines. Dak Prescott, 331 yards and a touchdown, or four touchdowns, pardon me. Sorry, I'm kind of <laughs> feeling a little funky. It's kind of a weird uh, show setup up here. Uh, 44 attempts by Sam Howell. It's just kind of like, whatever. They were getting killed the whole game, and it wasn't fun to watch at all. I don't like the Cowboys very much. I think you probably noticed that about Thirty years ago, I never liked the Cowboys. Uh, no interceptions by Dak Prescott, except for the short time when uh, Cunningham was quarterback and Bill Parcells was the coach. Maybe like those two times. So little short times. I like just because I like Parcells. I guess uh, C.D. Lamb didn't quite get into the hundred yard range in this one. Fifty-three yards and four catches. Tony Pollard got in the end zone on sa- on only seventeen uh, on only thirteen carries, seventy-nine yards, 6.1 a carry. So. Not a whole lot of resistance from a Washington team that was priding itself on defense. So we're going to move on with that one pretty quickly. I hope, again, everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. We did here for the most part, of course. 49ers, Seahawks, another blowout. Uh, Seahawks definitely falling off the face of the earth. And the 49ers winning comfortably for the most part. Seahawks are dropped down to our level now, 6-5. and five. <laughs> Dropped down to our level before the Bears game anyway. 8-3 uh, in San Francisco's case. They're starting to move back in the right direction after dropping three games in a row, starting with Cleveland and then uh, Minnesota and Cincinnati. It's pretty crazy. And how crazy how much Cincinnati's uh, fortune has changed since then. It's kind of sad, actually. Um, 49ers win 31-13. to The reciprocal game right there, you could say. Game of reciprocals. Brock Purdy, not quite the uh, perfect quarterback rating he had the week before. No. One touchdown, one interception, but still got the job done, generally speaking. Both quarterbacks had one interception in the game. No touchdowns for Geno Smith, as the 49ers' defense is pretty damn phenomenal. Christian McCaffrey also was one of the big turkeys in a positive way. <coughs> Minnesota Wild were the turkeys of the year, by the way, in Patrick Royce's column, his annual turkey of the year. Check out Brave the Wild. It's literally titled turkeys of the year. 19 carries for Christian McCaffrey, six yards a carry, two touchdowns. It's all too easy. Debu Samuel also with seven catches and 79 yards and only one touchdown catch for Brennan Ayuk on only two catches. 49ers win comfortably over a, a Seattle team that's, well, I don't know, it's not the same anymore. Six sacks by the 49ers, two of them by Nick Bosa, who was, uh, I don't know, he was kind of weird and quiet during the, uh, the turkey presentation at the end of the game when a lot of guys were having fun like George Kittle and such. Nick Bosa kind of serious. Like, uh, I don't want to have too many carbs. Uh, I'm not going to be eating any spaghetti or, whatever. Uh, like the the, the lady was joking about uh, like spaghetti or something. He's like, I'm not having that. Uh, I, don't, I don't want too many carbs. It's like, dude, take it easy. You just beat Seattle. I mean, come on. <laughs> kind of serious. I don't know. Maybe he's, I don't know. He's in a. That's uh, just how he is, I guess. I don't know. Thirty-one to thirteen, though. Comfortable win. 49ers over Seahawks. Happy Thanksgiving, Seattle, I suppose, as they were the hosts. The hosts didn't, uh, well, some of the hosts. The Cowboys, the Cowboy fans had a good time. Probably kind of boring, but I'll never forget the Vikings going into Dallas. We always talk about that on Thanksgiving Day in 98. A couple of memorable games that year, like, in Lambeau Field, but the Cowboy game, three catches, three touchdowns by Randy Moss. He was literally unstoppable. He wanted to be drafted by the Cowboys, and the Cowboys crashed on him. That's just pretty much all you need to know. Um, That's what he was hoping for. Green Bay, Detroit. That was the other Thanksgiving game. Uh, I know. Should I worry about the NFC North thing? Uh, I'll save it. I'll save it. (laughs) I'll save it. Um, Yeah. Here's some boring stuff right here. New England Patriots and New York Giants. Well, (laughs) rematch of multiple Super Bowls. Oh, shut up. I hate you. I hate you. Go away. Now I'm pressing the button and I can't find it. Sorry, that was really annoying. I keep forgetting to press the sound off. So my apologies. New York Giants win a defensive battle and just now it's just really crappy football. Ten to seven over the New England Patriots, who have an even worse record than the Giants. The Giants have won a couple games in a row, but not exactly against uh, spectacular opponents. Ten to seven. Well, at least the defense is good. And Tommy DeVito has definitely been a positive for the New York Giants. He was good. Quarterback rating 103.9, a touchdown, didn't turn the ball over, and he was sacked six times. So he was sacked nine times last week and led the uh, Giants to victory. Six times this week and led the Giants to victory. So, Tommy DeVito, I, I respect you. <laughs> I do. And I'm sure Giants fans are begging that he's a starting quarterback and that they take Daniel Jones' contract and burn it somewhere. What contract? What contract? I don't see any guarantee there. No, nothing like that. Bailey Zapp was not zapping anybody with an interception. Mac Jones also with two interceptions. New York Giants defense looked like uh, Bill Parcells was the head coach and that Bill Belichick was the defensive coordinator when they were winning the Super Bowl. It was two of uh, the best defensive coaches that probably ever lived, basically, on the same coaching staff. You know, you know that. Giants team, 86. You know 1991 basically 1990 pardon me that was the 1990 season kind of a cool football team honestly whether you like them or not the giants the bears classic 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 and classic well and then the patriots became a spectacular team with the best quarterback ever uh great defense most of the time when it wasn't bend but don't break because of just personnel and uh, not so good defensive coordinator for a while ramondre stevenson did run for 98 yards in the game and the only touchdown for the patriots but that's about all there is to say uh the tom brady award basically other than again the multiple sacks i guess by the um patriots one and a half for anthony jennings interesting not anthony hardaway or anything okay sorry we'll keep moving not exciting but well <clears throat> good for the giants to win again i guess miami dolphins New York jets occasionally it's an epic matchup i suppose epic for the dolphins and good for them winning comfortably winning comfortably and Tua's back at quarterback did not have a particularly good game and neither did tim boyle of the new york uh, jets the other new york team both quarterbacks had one touchdown and two interceptions in the game but tua was overall a little more efficient generally speaking higher quarterback rating and all that cute stuff raheem mostert there you go 94 yards and two touchdowns actually really good game for him 114 yards for Jalen Waddell. And then Mr. Peaceline himself, Tyreek Hill, with 102 yards and nine catches and a touchdown. Wahoo, wahoo. <clears throat> Two stacks for Christian Wilkins of the Miami Dolphins, who had seven total stacks. One and a half for Emmanuel ugba Emmanuel ugba rolls right off your tongue. Two stacks for the Jets. It's a good defense, but not good enough. And, of course, the Jets are just kind of Landed. The jets are grounded and the dolphins are uh swimming. You like that? You, you, you see what I did there? Was it was it good? Nah, that wasn't good, but it was it was okay. Oh Cincinnati. Oh, the Cincinnati kittens. The Cincinnati uh not even the Cincinnati unborn kittens versus the uh uh, uh rotting rotting and rusty rusty steel. That's basically what it is. Steelers have gotten pretty damn lucky with some of these matchups. I mean real lucky. They're seven and four. That team is seven and four. This team is gonna get they're gonna be like the, the Giants last year, you know, sacrificial lambs in the first round. Ra- oh wait, no. Uh we'll 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 get off of that one real quick. Uh might be digging myself into a hole with that one. Jake Browning. Hmm. Jake Browning's starting quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. Jake Browning shouldn't be the backup quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals, but he's a starter now. He's a starter. <laughs> he actually had a quarterback rating of 96.2, so a little bit of respect there. At least he completed some passes, but I, I, I don't know. It, I guess it helps when you have Jamar Chase on the sidelines. Well, or not on the sidelines, but open in the flat or wherever the heck he is. In the flat or the sidelines, four catches for 81 yards, that helps. He ultimately threw a touchdown 11-yard play to Drew Sample, but it was not the best sample size of a football game. I know that was cute, wasn't it? Kenny Pickett continues to be okay, just adequate. Najee Harris, who was spectacular a couple years ago, he's still good. 99 yards, 6.6 a carry, woof, and a touchdown. Really good game, actually, for him. Hard to take the Steelers too serious, but I suppose when you have TJ, TJ Watts, with a couple of sacks. He's obviously the only watt left right now. The wattage was high for the Steelers with a couple of sacks. And the Steelers are 7-4, and four, again, getting really lucky with some pretty easy matchups due to injury or whatever the heck else is going on. And the Steelers are 7-4. and four. Sorry, as I try not to cough to death here with the, uh, thank God for the dump button, you can call it. Big giant equal sign, sideways equal sign is a good way to describe that. Jacksonville versus the improving Houston Texans, if I can get to that. Yeah, I wanted to get to that one. And it's gone. Where is it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll get to that one later. Norley, yeah, let's get to a Southwest matchup first. Southeast matchup. Excuse me. Falcons over the Saints. <clears throat> Falcons over the Saints couple of weeks here in a row. Where the Saints went from a team that looked kind of promising. They might get into the postseason. It might do something. I don't know. Well, they beat. uh, They lost to Desmond Ritter, who obviously has had a hard time winning on the road, but had a pretty good home record, generally speaking. Though he has lost two home record, two home games this year and was benched. Back at back in there again today. Pardon me. Twenty-four to fifteen Falcons over the Saints. These are actually old bitter rivals in their classic division, NFC South. Desmond Ritter, couple of interceptions, and one single touchdown. Mediocre game at best. Only 168 yards. Derek Carr, much bigger numbers. But also playing <coughs> far, sorry, far from behind a bit. 304 yards passing. Alvin Kamara, 69 yards rushing. Chris Olave Olay, yeah, Olay, whatever. Olay potatoes, I don't know. 114 yards and seven catches, but did not get a touchdown. Not a single Saint received a touchdown in the game. What a mess. <clears throat> the Saints pretty much kicked a, a bajillion field goals, five of them to be exact. Um, not bad. Tyron Matthew with multiple interceptions, though. So some respect there. Not a big fan of the guy, but damn, yeah, he's a good player. He's just a jackass. So there's a reason why he didn't go like as high in the draft as he could have. Uh, talent-wise, he should be a really high pick. Attitude-wise, he's, he's not that great. He's not a not real nice guy. Uh, five of six, Blake Group missed one of them, but he did make a 52-yarder for a long. Five field goals for the Saints, no touchdowns, and they end up losing the game. Young, Young, who didn't miss again, but only attempted a 39-yarder. The guy doesn't miss for anybody's business. Cordero Patterson with a couple of kick returns. That's cute and everything. We're just going to move on quickly here, if humanly possible. Saints didn't get a single stack in the game either. <clears throat> no touchdowns and no sacks. That sounds like a loss, and it was. It, it was a loss. It's a big fat L. And the Saints dropped to five and six. The uh, Falcons, um, well, moved up to five and six. Lucky guys. Um, yeah, we'll get to that Texans game eventually. We have got two games ahead of it. This one will probably last about 13 seconds. Okay, maybe slightly longer. Tennessee Titans finally win another game. It took them like half the season, though. They are four and one at home. Give them some credit. Every win has been at home. Four and seven on the season, so that would make them what? Uh, putrid 0 and six on the road. They god they suck on the road. Seventeen to ten over the worst team in football right now, who is 0 and 6 on the road. Carolina Panthers, one and ten, trying to go one and sixteen. Be the first team to lose sixteen games, but not be uh winless. Panthers are trying very hard to do that, but we'll see if they're Attempt is successful. Will Levis, mediocre at best. Rice Young, mediocre at best. New, no touchdowns, no interceptions for either quarterback. Nice young rookie quarterbacks, but I don't know. It wasn't a very good football game. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, 49 yards and three catches. Jonathan Mingo was doing okay with four catches, 60 yards. <clears throat> Where is Adam Thielen? One catch for two yards. One catch for two yards. Derrick Henry, all right. How about this? 76 yards on 18 carries. Okay, two touchdowns. Good game. Good game, Mr. Titan. This is definitely not a clash of the Titans. It's more like a clash of the, I don't know, the clash of the little people. I don't know. I don't want to be rude or get in trouble for saying that, but that's about what it was, the clash of the little people. Like little people versus tiny little cats. That's about it. Tiny, tiny little cats. Like unborn panthers. Versus unborn, uh, you know, whatever the Bengals are. Tiger-type guys. The Colts are 6-5. and five. That's another team that's kind of weird. And they they have a winning record somehow, like the Steelers. They're the other one. It's weird. Like, who the heck are the Colts? <laughs> who day? Okay, sorry. I hate that. I hate that. Just who are they? Okay, that sounds better. Or who, yeah. Who are they? I don't know. That sounds better. Maybe it's not as exciting or fun or hip or cool. But... I don't know. I don't care about being hip and cool. I, that much, it's, it's, it's okay. Rakhad White of the Tampa Bay Bucks with 15 carries and 100 yards. Awesome performance. But the Bucks were the schmucks again, losing 27 to 20, dropping to four and seven. And the Colts somehow, some way, despite sucking at home this year, two and four at home, six and five, winning record. Wow. Gardner Minshew, no touchdowns. Another. I mean, he's he was way better with the Eagles than with Jacksonville, wasn't he? <clears throat> Especially with Jacksonville, way better. He has been awful with the Colts, yet they've been winning a game or two here and there. Baker Mayfield arguably outplayed him. In fact, he did, but the Bucks just didn't get the job done. That's just the bottom line. Jonathan Taylor, another guy who had a very solid game, a lot of good running in today's, in today's games, generally speaking. Jonathan Taylor, only 15 carries, 91 yards, and two touchdowns. Awesome. Both uh, running backs averaged over six yards of carry, meeting Rokad White and Jonathan Taylor anyway. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr., 107 yards on 10 catches, working together with Gardner Minshew. Mike Evans and Chris Goodwin, Godwin led the way for the Bucks, but nothing all too special in receiving. couple of stacks for Samson Ebukam. So don't cut your hair, Samson. As long as he lets his hair keep growing, you know what's going to happen, right? Samson is going to own everybody. He's just going to dominate every... Um, he's going to dominate every offensive tackle and guard there is out there. We'll see if he does so. Let's keep moving. I don't know. what What is there to say? Like, the Colts won, and they're 6-5, and five and I don't know, they're cute, and they're probably going to get killed in the first round, but unless they play the Vikings in the first round, they, they, you know how that works. It just doesn't work out too good, usually. Yeah. Like it's kind of the best team in the world and then find a way to i don't know not finish the job but oh oh wait they already did that in 1969 but i suppose that's a long time ago trevor lawrence throws for 364 yards a touchdown and interception 38 passes average 9.6 yards of, uh uh a, a play so that's really good or at least a completion sorry a completion uh, then you had C.J. Stroud, who's definitely been the better rookie of the two between him and Bryce Young. Would have been a better pick for the Panthers, but wasn't the case. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. C.J. Stroud, good game, but the Texans lose, and, and their loss drops them to 6-5. and five. So that's how good the Texans had been with C.J. Stroud at the helm, who also ran for 47 yards. Um, Houston kind of, sort of, was hanging in there, hanging in there the whole time, but Jacksonville was just slightly, slightly better. And ends up winning 24-21, 8-3, the Jacksonville Jaguars, 5-0 on the road. 5-0 on the road. The road warrior, Jacksonville Jaguars, Josh Allen. Again, the other Josh Allen, who is on the defensive side of the ball, 2.5 sacks. Impressive performance. He's been great for the Jags. Texans with no sacks. That did not help. I mean, just one. Doggone it. But didn't help. Texans dropped to 6-5. and five. Jacksonville, 8-3. Impressive sunny boy i think we're finally going to get to uh yeah that was the game (laughs) that was the one the broncos versus the browns the orange bowl even though they're brown and stuff and the broncos are horses but they're just they're just orange i don't know they're orange even though they're brown they're orange i don't know at least their helmets are (sighs) the broncos win again the broncos what what were they one and four to start the year they're kind of like us a little bit And I don't know, it makes you feel slightly less angry after last week's game. Yet it also shows that, I I don't know, the Vikings could have won. How many times, you know, this year could the Vikings have won a game and felt a heck of a lot better and had a way better record? So frustrating. Dorian Thompson Robinson, good, but not the hero in this time around. Good, you know, decent anyway. P.J. Walker, nothing to write home about there. Russell Wilson, really nothing to write home about either. Only 22 attempts for 134 yards. And a touchdown. Yeah, it seems like whenever he plays against the Vikings, there's always some miracle play or two or three, some like third and long, and it's like you can't believe what you're watching. Nick Benito. Nick Benito. Sounds like a hockey player. Nick, like Nick Benino, NHL. Okay, sorry. One point five sacks for him, for the Bronx. And they went 29 to 12 comfortably over the Cleveland Browns. 29 to 12 over the Browns again but no main quarterback for the Browns and the Broncos arguably have a a guy who's like the most highly paid backup level quarterback in NFL history at this stage. Russell Wilson obviously was a star player once upon a time but not anymore. Oh boy. Mm -hmm. Anyhow sorry. (laughs) Uh, We'll continue moving forward from that Broncos. That was a frustrating game last week let me tell you. Let me tell you. Talk about frustrating. Buffalo Bills continue to be frustrated. But uh, yeah, well, we'll get to that later. Rams over Cardinals. There's not going to be a whole lot to say here. This was like, imagine both of these teams being good just a couple of years ago. Well, it's about four or five years, but whatever. Arizona drops a 2-10. and 2-10. Rams win in a blowout 37-14. to 14. Stafford is back. Four touchdowns, well, he's always got to have that Little grape jelly landing on his T-shirt, even in a game that was really epic for him. Only 229 yards, a still epic performance. Four touchdowns, but you always got to have that interception. That that's Stafford and Kyler Murray finds a way to not have an interception, but was mediocre at best, playing from behind. And I don't know, there's just nothing to nothing to brag about there. Kyron Williams rushing for the Los Angeles Rams. Holy crap. <laughs> 59 yards long did not get in the end zone 143 yards and only 16 carries in average of 8.9 Royce Freeman an average of 5.9 on only 13 carries impressive 77 yards there two2 at well 76 yards receiving four le Rams le Rams two sacks for Kobe Turner remember that guy I've talked about him off and on during the season. And surprise of the year, no sacks by the Arizona Cardinals. But then again, their defense had been strong. But in a game like that, you just, there's nothing good about that game. I mean, the Rams just blew them right the heck out of there. So, Lottie freaking, duh. Chiefs and Raiders, that's going to be the very last one. So, uh, I believe we're at our second last one here. That would be, nope, second last one before the Packers and Lions anyway. Eagles and Bills. This could have been the Super Bowl. You realize that, right? And Buffalo was very much in this game, played their butts off, you know, and their, the frustration was really mounting. It's been mounting. Buffalo looked like they're on their way to being one of the best teams in the league. Last year they were on their way to being one of the best teams in the league. The year before, one of the best teams in the league. But then things would just end up not working out either in the playoffs. And this year is the regular season. I mean, boy, they're gonna be fighting just to be a wild card now. Another loss for the Bills. They dropped a six and six and an epic, epic performance. But unlike hockey, you don't get a point. You don't get one out of two points. And of course, in the playoffs, you don't get anything anyway. So <laughs> losing an overtime doesn't help anybody. It's a nice moral win, I suppose. But I don't think the Buffalo Bills are interested in moral wins. When they had their they had Super Bowl aspirations in the last three, four years now. The Eagles definitely have Super Bowl aspirations. And they should be the favorites. The Philadelphia Eagles should be the favorites to win the Super Bowl. It looks more and more and more. Like the 2017 Eagles all over again. It really does. Like a team that's just—they're just better. They're just better than everybody. They're better than the Chiefs. They're better than the Bengals. They're better than the—they're better than that. Yeah, that team too. They're probably they're the only—the only team that I think could beat the Eagles is the 49ers. I think the NFC wins the Super Bowl this year. 49ers or Eagles are probably going to win. To watch Baltimore win or something, but <laughs> Baltimore is up seven to three at the moment over that Chargers team that's obviously got one of the better quarterbacks in the league but you know I mean they don't have a whole lot else to brag about obviously some good receivers but it's not a team that's well coached I mean Staley's been dumped on all the time that's low-hanging fruit I'm not going to join in that at the moment but again it's low-hanging fruit Jalen Hurts ran for two touchdowns and threw three that is five touchdowns total wearing those 80s and 90s Randall Cunningham like uniforms and helmets beautiful stuff it's actually really cool. I wouldn't mind seeing them win a Super Bowl wearing that, versus like what they wore when uh, you know Nick Foles was the Eagles' quarterback, or even uh, Donovan McNabb. Devonta Smith with 106 yards and seven catches, a touchdown. AJ Brown, a touchdown. Olamande Zacchea. Low numbers for those guys, but AJ Brown a lot of short yardage catches. He was targeted nine times in the game, but probably some throwaways along the way. Stefan Diggs, who supposedly wants out again. God, what a clown. Where's he going to go, with the Cowboys? How exciting would that be? Uh, I don't think that would be fun for a lot of us around here. Boy. Mm. Six catches, 74 yards, a touchdown. Gabe Davis, 105 yards, a touchdown for Buffalo Bills, who lost in overtime, heartbreaking fashion in Philadelphia. They gave Philadelphia everything they had, but Philadelphia still finds a way to win in a game where Buffalo did show up to play but the Eagles also showed up to play, and Jalen Hurts might be the best player in the league right now. Might be. Obviously, most people would say, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I know. I know. He's too busy doing commercials. Like, for for, for, for which one? hy No, I mean, he's too busy doing commercials, period. Like 5,000 different commercials with his tight end that is, uh, isn't even more commercials. Uh, and he's a propagandist now, too. He is. Disagree with me till the cows come home. (laughs) Travis Kelsey is a freaking propagandist. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep saying it. Detroit was so good this year that them losing in kind of embarrassing and frustrating fashion. Like, what a crappy no-show for the most part until late in the game. What a no-show until the second half kind of sort of scoring a couple touchdowns with extra points. They kind of no-showed this one, man. They were 8-2 coming into the game. Like, their loss drops them to 8-3. Do you realize the Detroit Lions could have been 9-2 and and probably should have been, but Green Bay showed up to play. Jordan Love looked a lot more like Aaron Rodgers making smart plays out there and frustrating the Detroit Lions and putting them into penalties and into mistakes and such. Had a little bit of that Aaron Rodgers, you know, like trickery going on. And, um, yeah. I don't know. Um, Dan Campbell got out-coached in this game. He did, and it's kind of sad. Um, He did. He got out-coached in this game, and it's kind of weird and crazy at the end of the day. Matt LaFleur versus Dan Campbell, and LaFleur won this one, absolutely. Um, Yeah, and Jordan Love, again, three touchdowns, no interceptions, quarterback rating 125.5. Easily his best game of the year. Kind of a coming out party on Thanksgiving Day and on the road because Detroit is going to host these games. Detroit and Dallas are going to host uh, Thanksgiving Day games, so yeah, it's just impressive, impressive performance by Green Bay, especially Jordan Love and Matt Lafleur with kind of some trickery and such. Good for them, and <laughs> I'm saying good for the Packers, like it's a good thing. Yup, and Jared Goff, what the bleep, what the bleep, Jared Gaff, Jared Gaff, G-A, I don't know, whatever you spell it, G <laughs> A P H, G A F F. I think it's G A F F. He he had a lot of gaffes too many. Three fumbles and all lost. That stinks. Uh, He didn't throw in any interceptions, so good for him, but three fumbles. Ugh. So, that kind of absolutely sucks. Green Bay's uh, Rashawn Gary with three sacks. All three of them very impressive for Rashawn Gary. Very impressive performance by him of the Green Bay Packers and, of course, Jordan Love. Him and Jordan Love definitely got the job done. Christian Watson with five catches, 94 yards, and a TD. Also a huge factor in Green Bay's surprising win on Thanksgiving Day. Spoiled the Thanksgiving party in Detroit as, you know, they look like they're just far and away going to win this division, and they probably still are. Probably. I, I don't have a whole lot of confidence the Vikings are going to catch the Lions unless we sweep them in the two games we're going to play them. then, well, okay, things get real interesting then. But, because uh, then we'd have home, uh, we'd have the uh, tiebreaker and everything. But, but we'd have to still keep winning games. We can't drop them. Um, I don't think we're going to sweep Detroit, but I don't know. It, it was really weird watching Green Bay do what they did. They kind of, like, until later on when Detroit made it a little more interesting and Green Bay didn't do anything in the fourth quarter, they kind of schooled Detroit, and it, it sounds weird. Again, it feels like Aaron Rodgers is that quarterback again a, a little bit with some of that, you know, just outsmarting the other side. Uh, I know everybody... A lot of people, they, they loathe Aaron Rodgers because he's the smartest man in the room, all that kind of stuff. Smartest person in the room. But, I don't know. <laughs> you got to admire it sometimes. Like, I loved watching him make the Cowboys look like idiots in a playoff game years ago. I loved it. Just like the, the hard count and watching the defensive linemen jump off sides and the Packers get first down and Aaron Rodgers kind of laughing to himself. Because it was funny, you know. It was. And the fans were booing and pissed off because it was in Dallas and it's like I have no sympathy for the Cowboys. Sorry, I just, I don't know, that team I hated that team the whole time they were winning Super Bowls and really haven't changed a whole lot since. So, there was a time I I liked the Packers more than the Cowboys. I guess in that game I kind of did too. (coughs) Don't don't tell anyone. Please. Please don't tell anyone. It's probably because the Vikings didn't really have any, you know it was a, yeah, it was a crappy season. It was a non-playoff year when coach uh, when coach glimmer of nothing (laughs) when coach when coach Grimm was the coach Grimmer um so with that said with that said I'm actually going to step away take a short break (laughs) step away take a short break let the Vikings and Bears game happen and then we can preview the Raiders and also look at the history as well Preview, the Vikings and the Las Vegas Raiders heading to Las Vegas for the first time. So, kind of exciting, kind of not. Uh, Las Vegas is not real good. They're a mess. They fired their coach recently, Josh McDaniels. So, I don't know what to say. The Raiders kind of are what they are. They lost to the Chiefs most recently, and we have the history popping up here shortly. If I ever get to the stupid uh, actual Chiefs and Raiders, there it is 31 to 31-17. The Raiders are 5-7. and seven. The Chiefs are 8-3. and three number two seed in the AFC, but we're not playing the Chiefs. Frank Reich was fired already, just one bleeping portion of the year, but they're 1-10, in 10, so that certainly doesn't help. But I, I don't know. I don't think it's his fault. I, I really don't. Um, not so much as O'Connell's tonight. I think he's more at fault than uh, the than Frank Reich is with the frickin' Carolina pa- uh, Blues, Carolina Panthers, sorry. Minnesota Vikings and Las Vegas Raiders, also known as the Oakland Raiders, the Los Angeles Raiders, the Oakland Raiders again, and now the Las Vegas Raiders. And, of course, the Oakland is going to lose another team to Las Vegas. That's going to be the Oakland Athletics are moving to uh, Las Vegas at some point. I did talk about that just a few, you know, in, earlier in this segment. The Vikings did win the first ever game against these two teams, between these two teams anyway. And, um so, ironically, September 16, 1973, when the Vikings went to the Super Bowl only to lose to the Dolphins, 10 and 6 all time, the Raiders have lost this and oak that, uh, lead the Vikings 10 and 6 all time. Um, but the first game ever we won, and then we lost five in a row, including the second game, which was the Super Bowl. The last Super Bowl the Vikings were ever in, the Vikings got to the goal line and fumbled at the goal line on the first drive of the game. And the Raiders end up winning comfortably 32-14. to 14. Depressing. Uh, January 9th, 1977. The Vikings did not do what they did in the past and beat that Super Bowl team the next year or NFC Championship, whatever. Oh, we won. Nope, Oakland won comfortably 35-13 to 13 over the Vikings in Oakland the next year. Seven, oh, yeah. A whole, so he played a, field, a couple years in a row there. The Raiders then also hosted the Vikings again 27-20. We did host the original game, and then of course the Super Bowl, technically we were the home team, I guess, even though it was in, what, Pasadena, so I don't know how we were the home team. I'm pretty sure that was in Pasadena, right? So, when I looked that up there, yeah, Pasadena, that's what I thought. It's the Rose Bowl, so who's really the home team here? I mean, I know it's closer to Los Angeles, but I I think the Raiders felt more at home than we did. Whatever. Uh, yep, Vikings lost 27-20. Uh, Vikings then hosted the Raiders in the Met. It would be the last time we'd ever play in the Met, 36-10. to Absolutely obliterated. because I try not to cough to death here, I'm like, my mouth is drying up. I should have my water here, but I, oh yeah, I do. Thank God. Apologies, that was a necessary uh, pause in, in the action here. <clears throat> Awful 84 Vikings lost 23-20, to the Los Angeles Raiders, who I believe were the defending Super Bowl champions at the time. That was their third and final Super Bowl, by the way, that they won. They did make it to the Super Bowl many years later, only to get their asses handed to them by the Tampa Bay Bucks. Unfortunately, I was totally rooting for the Oakland Raiders. Got to the Super Bowl and lost, unfortunately, to their former coach who had just left for Tampa. That would be a guy by the name of Johnny G, John Gruden, Mr. Chucky himself. And he had that Chucky face, and he took their red, uh, that red team to the Super Bowl, just like Chucky's red hair. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, they were still in Los Angeles, 1987. Vikings win comfortably, finally. Ended the losing streak after a decade there, starting with the Super Bowl. More than a decade, really. Uh, November 8th, 1987, the, the year of the Twins, as they won the World Series, Vikings would go to the NFC title game only to lose in heartbreaking fashion to the Redskins, 31 to 20, 1990. The Vikings would host LA and lose the Raiders, of course, 28 to 24. I'm curious who the quarterback was in 1990. 87 was it? Uh, Schrader might have been Schrader in both cases. I I, I just like looking. Yep, yeah, Jay Schrader. He's a classic, isn't he? He's a good quarterback, honestly. But the yeah, the Raiders were 11 and 4 that year in 1990. Whew. Wow pretty good. I wonder how they did in the play. I don't remember. You know, it's been so long. Ah, Schrader must have been the quarterback in 87 also, right? Mark Wilson. Rusty Hilger. Okay, never mind. Tommy Kramer played most of that one. Yep. Promising, but yeah, 93-24 to 7. That was crappy. I remember that one. Second year watching the Raiders. Um, Yeah, and they'd already, let me one second. I want to look at, yep, L.A. Coliseum. Tim Brown, the legend, man, I love that guy. Jim McMahon versus, yep, Jeff Hostetler, that's right, I remember that game very well. Hostetler made us look pretty stupid, McMahon was horse bleep, oof, couple of interceptions, no touchdowns, 24-7, to 7. yuck, kind of like the Vikings offense today, uh, Oaktown Raiders, yep, that's what they were, the Vikings beat the Oakland Raiders, who had just moved to Oakland that year, 1996 in dramatic fashion as the Vikings were fighting to make the postseason that year. I believe Brad Johnson was quarterback by this point. Moon had injured his ankle. Yep. Yep. Not bad. Not a good game at all. Jeff Hostetler was still the quarterback. Okay. Interesting. Raiders then beat the Vikings in 99, 22-17. Season opener. uh, Just, or was it the second game of the season? I think it was. Was, This might have been the season opener. Nope. It was the second game. It was very disappointing because it was a terrible Raiders team at the time. When the Vikings, uh, well, we beat the uh, mediocre, much, much weaker Falcons team than we thought in the season opener, and then came back and lost to the Raiders. I remember we won in Atlanta. That was a big deal. But clearly that Atlanta team wasn't as good as the year before, even though all the stars were still there. And upon losing the Super Bowl to the Broncos in embarrassing fashion, they got their butts handed to them, which none of us felt bad about that. We just wish we were there to win, but we probably wouldn't have beaten that Broncos team. Several years years later in 2003, this was Rick Meyer, wasn't it? It was, wasn't it? Because I always remember Rick Meyer as the Raiders quarterback, yeah. He completed nine passes, 13 attempts for somehow 195 yards. I don't even know how that's possible. Nine completions. Culpepper threw for 396 yards, but he had three interceptions. He was a turnover machine, an extremely disappointing loss. And, uh, yeah, this is the Coliseum in Los Angeles, uh, Oakland, California. Sorry. A 3-7 and seven crappy Raiders team beat the Vikings by 10 points. Oof. Uh, the 93 Vikings, or the 03 Vikings were, yeah, they were kind of a weird up and down team, weren't they? 2007, the up Vikings win over the Raiders. That was an interesting one. I forget, her, I always remember, or I always wonder, because they've changed quarterbacks so many times. I think Culpever was, wasn't he? Yep, Culpepper was the Raiders quarterback this time. That's right. 344 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Tavares was mediocre at best. And Sidney uh, Rice completed two passes, ironically. But the Vikings, uh, I thought we won this one. Yes, we did. Was ugly as hell. Culpepper was definitely better than our quarterbacks, but Adrian was in the middle of his spectacular rookie season, but he didn't play in this one. Chester Taylor was freaking awesome. Yep, I remember this one. 164 yards and three touchdowns. Wow. Chester Taylor was freaking awesome. That's all you got to say about that. Whew. We. Wow. That was like the game of his life. I remember that now. Yep. That was great. Yep. He had to play because uh, Adrian missed a couple of weeks with a, I think he had an MCL. Vikings like then would lose to Oakland in 2011. Horrible, disappointing season. We'll just keep moving here. 2015. Oh, that was a fun one. That was a fun, fun game where the Vikings suddenly were a first place team, uh, out of nowhere. All of a sudden, we were seven and two. Like things were going, look, looking up and up. But all of a sudden, this was the one that felt like this team's were real. Like we're going to win the division, and we might even get a first. We, you know, we we might get a first round by. We might actually make a serious playoff run. That was fun. Uh, Adrian Peterson, 203 yards. Oh, so cool. Bridgewater competent, didn't throw a turnover. Derek Carr, wow, he was already the quarterback of the Raiders, I suppose. Yeah, he's a veteran now. (laughs) Same guy with two touchdowns, two interceptions. That's kind of funny. Wow. Kind of a weird game, actually. Very weird game. But the Vikings win with a great running game, and then some timely defensive plays that made a huge difference. Um, I know there was like a, was there a pick six in the game? I think there was. Where is he? Was like the, the Wiley veteran, who was the former cowboy. Where is he? It was a huge play. Uh, two, yep, Terrence Newman. That's right. But there, w- it wasn't a pick six, but it was a huge inter. It was a couple of interceptions that helped kind of steal the deal. That's right. Huge helped kind of steal the deal, and the Vikings would emerge victorious. I remember how fun that was. That was a breakthrough type of a game. And then the last time we ever played, the Vikings went comfortably, thirty-four to fourteen. So a two-game win streak over the Raiders in three out of our last four. But the, most <laughs> the, the first one was 15 years ago. <laughs> Man, that's weird how long ago we're talking with the Culpepper quarterback. Just four games ago with the Raiders. That's how often we play these guys. Man, I feel ancient. 16 years ago. Excuse me, 16 years ago, almost to the week here. Wow. September 22nd, 2019, a very improved Vikings team from the year before. Can't imagine who the Vikings quarterback was in 2019. Oh, Kirk Cousins. Sorry, just kidding. Um, He wasn't even the huge factor in the game. Carr, of course, with an interception because he's convenient about that. Vikings defense was good. Vikings offense was good. Madison was already here. Wow. Yeah, he's a veteran, isn't he? Cook with 110 yards. Madison with 58. Good, impressive, impressive overall performance by the Vikings. Irv Smith had one of his best games as a Viking as well. 60 yards. Um, so, yeah. Vikings moved up to 2-1 and one at the time. 34-14. to 14, Very impressive performance by the Vikings the most recently. Sorry if I babble so much about history, but I like it. And whenever we play an AFC team, I tend to wax nostalgic because, you know, we don't play these guys very often. And there's some memorable games, including a Super Bowl in this case. But, obviously, I never got to see that game live. But... Um, I don't know, it is what it is. The current Raiders team, I, I guess we're going as Aiden O'Connell, most likely. Um, he actually was kind of respectable. Quarterback rating of 101.6. Against this Vikings defense, I got to hope you're going to force him into an interception, a turnover or two. Uh, Josh Jacobs is a big threat. Obviously, a very good running back. 110 yards and a touchdown, just like uh, Delvin Cook last time we played each other. Interesting. Amir Abdullah. Wasn't he on the Vikings just yesterday? No, it's just weird, isn't it? Jacoby Myers, 79 yards, Devontae Adams, that's right. (coughs) But uh, this is, of course, after the bye. I hope the Vikings will be ready to play. The Raiders will also be on a bye. And believe it or not, they're in the hunt in the AFC, which is crazy and weird, but they are in the hunt in the AFC. So they're still alive, despite getting crushed by the Chiefs, the division rival there. Hated, hated division rival. But I wanna believe this Vikings team can kind of rebound from this. They've had a couple of insanely disappointing losses. I mean, it's sad. The Vikings had such a nice winning streak going, and now we've dropped two games in a row that were probably games that should have been won. The Broncos looked way better yesterday than they have all year, honestly. Way better than against us, honestly. Vikings should have won that game. We should have won that game. Madison, you know, we we were if Madison hangs on to that ball. Like, and the Vikings end up scoring on that drive, we probably win. That's seven and uh, five right there. That would be if we lost today. We win eight and four. Just think about that. Eight and four. We take care of business, and then you beat the Raiders. You might be nine and four. That's like a whole different planet. Instead, we're sitting at six and six and seventh seed. At least we're still alive. Well, maybe we'll pull off some miracle upset and get killed in the division round. How exciting! fun. Sounds like something the Minnesota Wild would do if they ever advanced out of the first round of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Just get smoked in the second round instead of the first. It's exciting but at least you won a playoff game, I guess. <sighs> like the 19 Vikings, at least they won a playoff game. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot to say about this Raiders team other than I mean, they don't even have their main quarterback. Their coach got fired already because he sucks. I don't know. They definitely have uh, have uh, weapons on offense. Not not named Aiden O'Connell, but uh, but of course, yeah, because uh, Olbats's name is injured again for the ninety millionth time. Um, most forgot the guy's name by now. It's just like you just like whatever. You move on because the guy's hurt every ten seconds. The former 49ers quarterback, um, Raiders definitely. You know, I mean, they only got one sack on Mahomes, but. Mahomes is obviously still a mobile guy when he doesn't have an injured toe, and at least his offensive line is somewhat healthy. So that's kind of the hope going there. Mm. It is a road game. The Raiders have been a threat at times, but I don't know. Um, they're definitely, they're generally a better team at home, I'd have to say. I mean, they beat the Packers. They beat the Patriots. Yeah, big deal. They beat the Giants. Oh, that's a real accomplishment. They beat the Jets 16-12. to Lost to the Chiefs at home. Yeah. So most of the teams they beat at home were not all that great. Uh yeah, the Packers. But I mean they're better now, but at the time the Packers were awful. Seventeen to thirteen, like big deal. Jimmy Garoppolo, by the way, is that quarterback. It's like my memory's just finally jogged here. I didn't even have to look him up. I just got it back. Um, I don't know. They're not anything special at home or on the road, the Raiders. There's really no reason why the Vikings shouldn't be able to take care of business against this team. Just show up and play. Uh, Come up with a better damn plan than we did today, and you might actually do something. Um, Aiden O'Connell has six interceptions on the air. Even Garoppolo is sucking hard, too. Seven uh, seven touchdowns and nine interceptions. Aiden O'Connell, four touchdowns, six interceptions. Brian Hoyer, who's still alive, two interceptions and no touchdowns. Um, Jacobs with 771 yards on the ground and six touchdowns. He's definitely a threat overall, but is only averaging 3.5 a carry, but I don't know it, when you don't have much of a, a passing game. Now you have talented receivers, but your quarterbacks have been sucking. Jacoby Mears with 599, uh, 591 yards and six TDs. Devontae Adams, the former Packer, of course 814 yards on four and four touchdowns with 69 catches total. It's a talented offense for the most part. You do have uh, Max Crosby, though, with 11 and a half stacks. He's way at the top, so there is that threat as well. Whew. Luckily, we have a good offensive line, but put it this way, if Dobbs is in there and they're still doing the pocket passer game, we lost. Max Crosby's going to get to him, he's going to fluster him, and it's going to be game over, pretty much. Uh, Crosby's the only real threat in terms of pass rush from the uh, Oakland Raiders, or excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders. The next best the guy is linebacker... Uh, Roberts uh, Spillane with only 2.5 sacks, but he does have 105 total tackles uh, and three interceptions. So he's having an awesome year, generally speaking, with you know, multiple interceptions, all those tackles, two and a half sacks. Um, yeah, but otherwise Max Crosby does present a huge threat in terms of pass rush. So I want to believe the Vikings can win this game. Uh, the Vikings defense could hopefully force some turnovers and we could actually win the turnover battle, turnover battle, the Vikings win the game. Put it this way: whoever wins the turnover battle between the Vikings and the Raiders wins the game. I know that's not necessarily a hot take or anything, but I think in this game it really, you know, it's gonna be a bigger key than ever. Because both teams are limited at the quarterback position right now for this reason or that reason. Both teams have a great running game. Yeah, no, they don't. The Raiders have a better running game unless we use Chandler Moore, which the Vikings didn't today. But Madison was pretty respectable, generally speaking. i got to think O'Connell's going to make some kind of adjustment here, or you're going to see a completely different quarterback, like a Nick Mullins or even Jaron Hall at quarterback against the Raiders. You might have to, um, but I'd like to believe in our offensive line and get the job done protecting Dobbs if he's the quarterback. But, Get him moving again, damn it. O'Connell's flashing on the screen right now, obviously with a sound off. 24 turnovers is the most in the NFL. Again, whoever wins the turnover battle here uh, wins the game. The Vikings turn the ball over four times again. There's no way we win. We, we just don't. The Raiders will find a way to win and run the clock with their decent running game. And, of course, the pass rush, that can be a huge threat. Three interceptions for Spilling. He leads the team in interceptions and tackles, so impressive. And he's number two in sacks with only two and a half. With that said, the oh boy, I'm going to step out in faith here. I, I, I'm almost ready to pick a loss because I don't trust this freaking team at all with the freaking turnovers. But I'm going to pick the Vikings to beat the Raiders. I must be nuts. But we're going to go with the final score of, I guess we're back to Zimmerland, 17-13. to 13. The Vikings will beat the Raiders by four. 17-13 over the Raiders. Nope, overtime game. It goes to OT and the Vikings win 20-17. to 17 overtime i just changed my pick 20 to 17 the crystal ball changed here 20 to 17 vikings win in ot in dramatic fashion both teams end up uh exchanging the ball in ot and then greg joseph wins it from about 30 yards out kind of like the bears today in a way so it'll be something along those lines vikings win 20 to 17 in overtime over the las vegas raiders fan interaction is next back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction segment. Well, Luckily, we have some comments. Obviously, it's not as big as it used to be, thanks to Facebook, you know, doing what it did. So, unless that's going to miraculously come back, but those of you that continue to interact with the show, God bless you and thank you very much. Also, it probably didn't help that it was another uh, night game, another back-to-back or yeah, it's a back-to-back night game, Sunday night and then Monday night. Might as well be Thursday night, the next game. No, the next game will be a three o'clock group with the las vegas raiders we already talked about that uh let's get to x x post x this x twitter whatever the hell it is thank you for the reposts is a retweet or repost i guess repost is what it's called now rp <laughs> vince germano out of australia tanae brown out of new zealand and malcolm mcsween coming in out of cali the southern part of cali thank you guys so much for retweeting the most recent episode i can't thank you enough and i do mean that sincerely a couple of uh, takes from Dave Hickey, and then a final little thing from Tommy Kramer, who didn't interact with me. It's just a good tweet uh, that was highlighted, apparently. Um, thanks to algorithms and all that cute stuff, which this show could use a couple of. Dave Hickey out of Iowa says, This is the first time I've ever been rooting for Green Bay. Yep, I, I, I did too. But, they, <laughs> but can they finish them off in the second half? And apparently they couldn't. Uh, Dave Hickey says, The turnovers in poor play has lost about eight games this year. Yes, it has. That'd be for the Vikings in general. Yeah, it feels like, yeah. That's kind of the theme of the Vikings this year is the turnovers. Like, extremely poor pass protection. Piss poor pass or, you know, whatever you call it. Just, Just ball protection, generally speaking. You just, they can't keep possession. That's the problem with the Vikings this year. It's cost them dearly. Um not sure what to make of it. Obviously, that's not necessarily getting a coach fired or anything. It's just because I'm seeing the Wild in the background. Dean Evison's final game as coach of the Minnesota Wild uh, against Detroit. Again, it was like a lifeless kind of a performance. It just happens to be on and, you know, I like to have stuff in the background sometimes or all the time anyway. It's just, you know, with my setup that I changed about a year ago, thanks to my cute little table here. Cute little table. I was able to move uh, my position even though I like looking outside as well. Now I'm just getting weird. I'm sorry. Instagram. And now the phone went black. Yep, because Instagram doesn't really work well on computers. It's just a, it's pretty much a mobile type of an app anyway. So continuing from the last episode with the sound on. Thank you very much. (sighs) Boy, I'm really prepared here, aren't I? Sure am. Okay. So the last episode, blah, blah, blah. You know, Purple Mafia. 414, move on from Madison. Um, staying in Iowa, this would be Mark Carlson, strikeforce.92. Again, this is the Instagram, which is Purple Mafia Show. So it's the same. There's no underscores or anything cute like that. So that's, that keeps things simple. Mark Carlson says, I agree with that, being Madison. Joey, you have been critical of his play for some time now, and I watched enough to agree. First and 10, and surprise, it's a hand up to Madison. Hashtag get creative. Agree. Yep. At least he had a better game versus the uh, Bears. But again, that's not saying much, and the Vikings should have done more. I don't know. You, you might as well have just ran the ball more. I, that's the whole funny part. That's the funny part about the whole thing. Like, we went the complete opposite direction. Let's try to pass on the Bears and then get, you know, four interceptions and balls bouncing all over the place. It looked like high school football. It looked like middle school football. It looked like gym class. It looked like gym class and the smart guy, the Vela of Who's into rocket science is throwing the ball all over the place, bouncing everywhere. You know, he's he's a talented athlete, but he's more of a you know he's more of a good uh, you know he's more of a good student than a quarterback. So his ball is bouncing all over the place and end over end. And what the hell is that? The ball's supposed to go in a spiral like a bullet. What a bunch of bull, shit. Okay, yeah. See, I've already put the explicit label, but maybe you don't want to hear me curse every second here comments of in-game comment variety mark carlson says i can't actually blame them let's see i want to put this in more chronological order yes uh, mark carlson opened up and i was very late i didn't post the damn thing until like the second half so my deep apologies to all of you like mike dale that might have wanted to post i'm really sorry i feel stupid and i would love to hear from mike dale coming in out of uh, new york man i love hearing from mike dale absolutely so Major shout-out to Mike Dale and Mad Martin, both missing um, this week. Uh, Mad Martin, I think, back-to-back week, so a huge shame. But, of course, coming in out of the UK area, northern Scotland, I don't think night games are really his foray, and he's not real impressed with the Vikings lately, so I can imagine that's the killer combination there. Uh, The Vikings playing like dog-dookie for the most part, even though they were on a winning streak and it was fun to watch. I don't blame him for not staying up all night watching a football game. I I just don't. Put it this way, I'd have a hell of a time podcasting. I'd have to come back. The show would be released like a day or two late because of that. I'd have to come back and do it when convenient. I'm not staying up all night. Back to Mark Carlson. I am babbling too much today. Mark Carlson says, this is the ugliest game I have ever seen. And I was like, yeah, it's horse bleep. He responds with... I sense implosion now uh, after another interception, and it kind of was like that. Luckily, see the Vikings stayed in the game because the Bears were just as bad as us, pretty much. Like we played, the Vikings played like a three and eight team, a three and eight team, now four and eight team. That's what we played like. Yeah, uh, we did. We we looked like a four and eight team. We might as well have been the other Bears. We might as well might as well have been the Northern Bears. Basically, I mean that's what we looked like. Josh Dobbs looks like the, like a placeholder at this point. Thought he was better than that, but at the same time. He wasn't utilized properly. Like, he's got strengths, and the coach didn't utilize his strengths. He tried to force something, and it didn't work. Final uh, comment on this section is, I can't actually blame the Vikings' defense for letting the Bears get a field goal late in the game. Yeah, they have been on the field all night. Production from offense is the key down. Amen. Amen. Can't disagree at all. It, It just sucks that it happened that way. It really does. It figures and all that. But 12 bleeping points, you know, even if it's the terrible Bears, 12 points is basically nothing. Um, it's basically nothing. And the offense sucked so bad, it's like, what else can you say? It was the kind of like, it's like a fire the offensive coordinator type of uh, offense. That's what it was. And, but unfortunately, that might be the head coach if you're going to fire somebody because of the decision making in the game plan. I'm not sure what Wes Phillips' role truly is. He is the offensive coordinator. But is he, you know, like how much say does he have in the game plan? It's got to be something. If you're an offensive coordinator, you're in a pretty high position, and you are, quote-unquote, in charge of the offensive side of the ball. But it looks like, I don't know, is it his job or is it? (laughs) It's probably a combination, and they both deserve blame for it, bottom line. So I think there's one left in the main, well, for the the post-game thread. Yep. Oh, good. Okay, a couple of them. Tanay Brown says, simply pathetic. Yep. Tanay Brown says pathetic. And Mark Carlson getting this in at the last second. Thank you, Mark. That was awesome, man. Awesome. Literally, like it says, five minutes ago. So as I was already clicking and starting recording segment number three and wrapping this show up here on Tuesday morning, he says pathetic says Tanae out of New Zealand. And I was sad that sums it up perfectly in one word. It really was. Mark Carlson Strike Force 92 says <laughs> it is fitting tonight to blow this game. Why not lose to the worst team in the league? No wonder. Well, they're, they're not the worst team in the league, though. It's like Carolina, isn't it? But they might as well be the worst team in the league. Worst team in the division? Yeah, they might as well be. Like, they're. it's kind of a group of worst teams in the league. No wonder we need Prozac and counseling. <laughs> counseling. We, we Viking fans, I mean. Anyone can have a bad game. But this game was ridiculous. On the positive side, I really like the deep throws. Edison looks uh, to be as advertised. Sure, Joey, I got to uh, think—I got to think—you will have a lot to say about this game. I'm looking forward to the next episode. And speaking of that, uh, speaking of that, all the Thanksgiving talk at the end of the last episode made me hungry. I like turkey. I love Thanksgiving and football. They go together. God bless Mark from Iowa. And God bless you as well, Mark from Iowa. Gold star for this episode. Gold star, absolutely. Uh, silver star for today. Uh Excuse me, silver star for uh, uh, Dave Hickey and bronze star for today. Only three guys, but it's like, yeah, you guys are great and you deserve stars pretty much every episode anyway, because you're so good and so loyal to the show. And even a one-word thing can get you a star because it, it fits. Like like tonight, can still get you a bronze star because that's how pathetic the game was. Um, yes, Addison does look to be advertised, so I actually made a right pick for once. Marco Rossi of the Minnesota Wild was my pick a few years ago, and it worked out eventually. It took like five years, but yeah, he looks good now. Uh, 2020 draft in October when that was that weird year when drafts were in the fall instead of in the late spring, early summer. <laughs> early summer, basically. Uh, Hockey and um, basketball, that is. Football is in April, May-ish. Yeah, Thanksgiving, though, yes. I I love Turkey as well. It's my favorite holiday for so many reasons. And also just the start of the Christmas season, it kind of gets that going. So it's a fun time of the year. The only bad part is it's just, yeah, you know, it's like now it's going to be cold for a while. But, oh, well, the good part about winter starting soon is that uh, what's on deck? Spring. That's the real most wonderful time of the year overall, spring. There's nothing like April and May. It's the greatest. It's the absolute greatest. And J- June's good except for, you know, it gets kind of crazy, but and it gets humid too But you know, in the later stages, but the early June is so nice. Um, so, well, it's Christmas season. Again, I hope every one of you had a happy Thanksgiving. I miss some of you that haven't been available the past week or two because of the weird scheduling and me, maybe me being late and posting. Um, that's part of my fault as well. I'm a little bit shaky and jittery here in the morning trying to get the show done and all of that. So my apologies if I sound kind of goofy and weird. Kind of that, you know, you're kind of tired and you're, you're drank coffee and you're shaky and jittery. I hope it's not too annoying to listen to. I'm trying to kind of chill a little bit here now. Um, the tree's actually decorated now rather than just lights on it. Uh, I meant to decorate it a lot earlier. I just didn't do it. You know, you know, you just put the lights on and the star and then just, yeah, okay, I'll do the rest later. Hell with it. And then, okay, I finally did. So it looks a little better. Unfortunately, it's not a real tree because this is not, uh, you know, it's it's an apartment. We can't have real trees here. So it is what it is. It's not a house. Someday I'll have a real tree again. I'll buy some already cut tree rather than go cut one. I can't stomach the thought of cutting a tree down, honestly, unless it's for firewood. No, I'm just kidding. Or if the tree's dead, then, well, whatever. I just feel bad cutting down a, a beautiful Christmas tree. But if it's already been cut, it is what it is. You know, that kind of thing. I know I'm kind of weird and sentimental, but I love pine trees. I just really do, and you know that's so. So I get kind of sad when I see it, but it is what it is. It, those those trees were grown specifically for Christmas, so there's that. Um, and I love a real tree, but I do appreciate this, you know, synthetic one. It does the job, and at least I don't have to throw it away. <laughs> and now I really won't, because I have separate lights, or I have you know lights that are separate from the tree they're not wired on the tree so if they start to go bad i don't have to toss it and buy a new one he just toss the uh, the ring of lights which is five bucks versus 50 60 70 80 dollars of the tree you know so or hundreds in some cases so common sense there is ruling out the the way i put it on might not be as pretty as the as the pros but oh well so be it <laughs> that's how it works it still looks like a christmas tree it doesn't look like pathetic and stupid so with that said, I want to thank all of you again. Wish you a Merry Christmas season. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa for those that celebrate those. I'd rather actually say the holiday than happy holidays. You know, just say the holiday. There's only, you know, it is what it is. So. With that said, I hope all of you have a wonderful uh, week off. There will be no Purple Mafia next week. I've always debated. Maybe I'll do one of those cute like, it'll be like a segment two show. Just one. Just one segment. It'll be like segment two where I look around the league and all that. Um, Sometimes it's fun to do that. I mean, it is a fun segment to do. But at the same time, eh, you know, the only time I ever did a bye week, and I say this every year, it had like almost nobody. So, of course, that was several years ago. This one might actually do a little better, but I don't know. Um, I'm going to sit out like I normally do and uh, work on other podcasting projects, I suppose. So with that said, have a wonderful uh, two weeks, I suppose, and we'll be back to talk about the Las Vegas Raiders game in Las Vegas. Ooh.